Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Controversy at Lowfields. Controversy at the Magnus. Times two. Promotion. Relegation. And a cup semi-final to come this week. It's going to be an interesting weekend wrap. So let's start with the controversial and the renowned Radio New York Sport. New York ladies, ho- uh, hockey twos get the win they needed, but they made hard work of beating the division's second bottom club. A shocking tackle on Sarah Pass 10 seconds into the match ended her season and put the girls on edge. Before three goals either side of the half-time interval calmed everybody down. The final score of 4-1 was very, very important. Paul Halfpenny explains all. Round about 7-40. The ladies' ones ended their own campaign with a 4-2 defeat against the league champions Repton, while the men beat Mansfield 4-1. And that's another story that Mr Halfpenny's going to tell us all about. The match officials at Lowfields will not look back on Saturday as one of their greatest days. The Works won the match 3-0 but finished with two less on the pitch and one less in the dugout than what they started with. All players and spectators asked for is consistency. More on the match from Craig Roach at 7.20 and more on the rest of it from me and Tony at 7.25. New at Rugby Club was 41 points to 5 at Melbourne and were duly crowned champions after the match. Melbourne, that is not Newark. <laughs> While at the other end of the table, Lincoln beat Southall to send the Minster men, Southall that is, not Lincoln, down to Division 3 and leaving only pride to play for in next week's big local derby. Back to the football and Collingham are guaranteed at least a third place finishing the Central Midlands North after a 5-1 victory over the bottom club Thorn. We talked to Paul Hyde on a big week coming up for the club. Flow Service re- Reserves require a maximum six victories from their eight remaining matches to be crowned Knott's Senior League Division 2 champions after coming back from Barabay with maximum points. Two goals each from Ryan Pilbara and Tyler Martin in a 5-2 scoreline. And elsewhere, Grantham gained an important point at promotion chasing Nantwich and are now eight points clear of the relegation zone. South will drop points and as Lockton beat Eastwood 2-0. Just about fitted all that in as that's well. That's spot on. Yeah, I thought it was, but the one mm. bit I missed out is that Adam Holland is now four days into his oh. epic challenge after yesterday... He had covered 131 miles in three days of running. Uh, is lovable, but nuts. <laughs> and we're hoping we're actually going to talk to him on Thursday night. Uh, that's the plan of action at the moment. Um, let's get to Thursday and see where Adam is. Um, will, will he be on his way down here or on his way back? He'll still be on his way down to Land's End. Ah. Um Lots to talk about tonight. Our first phone call is going to be Paul Lyde. Uh, I spent the morning watching the hockey ladies and a shocking tackle put Sarah Pask out of the match. And I don't think I'd counted to ten seconds. She was mugged. 
by about three of them. But Paul will explain the intricacies of it all. But she was absolutely mugged. I arrived at uh, Lowfields to uh, start my uh, pre-match tasks, and and Sarah walked past on crutches with a, a leg and a knee brace, and I said, "Hey, what happened to you?" Because Paul Halfpenny says you're as fit as a butcher's dog. It doesn't look like it. And she was, would you believe it? Speechless. You've known Sarah <coughs> as long as I have, and she yeah, was speechless. I, I, I think that uh, that hurt. I, I had to go and try and find a chair for her to sit on and everything, and that, that young lady was in... We think it's probably ligament damage, but Paul will probably know more when he, when he joins us. And apparently after the men beat Mansfield... 4-1, it all kicked off there as well, so... Against Mansfield, against surely Mansfield, not. There's a shock. Hmm. Um, Lowfields, we will come back to, but... Um, <laughs> we've been accused today, or this yeah. programme has been accused today of bias reporting. Honking and bias reporting. Honking, and hmm. we are biased. Now, let me just put this right, because if anybody out there is listening to um, In Faraway Lands, um, <laughs> let me just put this right. We are Radio New at Sport... We are biased towards all sport, unashamedly biased towards all sport in and around Newark. Too right. Having said that, if we think there's criticism of a Newark organisation or individual to be made, we will sit here and make it. And last week, we did that on about four occasions and mm. was accused of being harsh, um, accused of quite a few things last week, but that's the way it works. But we will unashamedly support... Newark Sport, if we think Newark Sport is in the right. And as a journalist, I will report on what I see happening on the field of play. So that's all we're going to say on that one. We'll talk about the match a little bit later, but I just want to put my point of view and Tony's point of view over here, and I'll load my hand up. I am biased because I love Newark Sport. Simple as that. Um... Tony, would you like to um, go and okay. do your receptionist job? No Tony problem. Tony is going to um, give Paul Hydering. Um, do you like the skirt? It's very nice. Paul won, um, Paul side Collingham won at the weekend, guaranteed third place finishing the Central Midlands um, North Division, which is a fantastic achievement. And uh, on Wednesday night, they have played a cup semi-final. Um, what are we doing the rest of this week? Well, tomorrow night, Coddington Church of England School are our visitors. Hopefully not every single one of them, but... It looks like quite a few of them. And they're going to tell us how important sport is to their primary school. And we're going to talk to some of the boys and the girls that are partaking in the sport. It's a golden oldie night again on Wednesday. We love the golden oldies nights. Owen Yeomans, um, stalwart of Newark Athletic Club for a lifetime, is our guest um, talking about all things athletics and his career. And I've got one or two stories out from my spies just to test him a little bit. Thursday night, um, it's another round of Test Tony. It's another round of Sports Thoughts, as it's strictly Mick and Tony. Um, no, another busy week to come up, but we start, as ever, on a Monday night with the one and only Mr Paul Hyde. Paul, good evening. Good evening, Mick. Yeah. Ha, um, I must have a big audience now, the way you big me up. You've always had a massive audience. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> um, a routine victory against the bottom club? Yeah. Uh, they, they came probably better equipped than last time we played them. We got uh, signed a lot of them from Sheffield United the day before. Um, 
got one or two players who could play and one or two that, that couldn't, you know, uh, were, were expected to beat them because they're bottom of the league. But as you know, in the central mids, it's never easy. So, uh, yeah, it, it turned out we, we picked a, a bad injury up probably and uh, or two that we shouldn't have had. But, uh, yeah, it was a good win. The time we're done. I know you always like um, me to ask you who the goal scorers was because um, nowadays <laughs> um, your wife writes them down for you. Well, yeah, she's very good at things like that. Yeah, so she's written them down. So the goal scorers were <laughs> Ryan Russian <laughs> got the first goal on a bit of a break and went round the keeper. Uh, and then Ash Coates was came into the squad this week and uh, got the second goal. I said to little Sam Goodwin in the uh, change, changing room at half time, "You've got a." You've got a, a goal in you. Go and get it. And within five minutes, he'd done that. So Callum Ward made it up to four. And, and Chris Self came from work and came on with about 20 minutes to go. And he managed to score. So, you know, well pleased with the uh, with the, with that. Typical Self. He leaves work because he can sniff a goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Self, eh? Um, so, a good point. And guaranteed at least a third place finish. Yes. Yes. A uh, bit disappointed with that, but you know, like we said before, you look back, we've lost three games, uh, probably in drawn two or something like that. You know, the nil nil at, at, at Dinnington, and then we go to Clay Cross, and we tee up two up, you know, and we and we lose, and we, then we go to Appleby Fraud, and we two up, and then we draw. So you know, we've not been far away. You know, we've been, I think, third three years running now, um, but but disappointed that we've not put those away. That's football, and um, we've got to get on with it. Looking forward to Wednesday night, and um, it's Cup semi-final time, and it's a cup that you well, seem to quite like. Just before you go on to that, without me trying to run the show... <laughs> go for it. Well, I'd just like to draw the attention to the, the two under-16s that we had on the bench. Oh, right, excellent. Uh, not under-18s. Um, under 16s um, and we played them we were a little bit short and um, you'll know Mick Goodwin obviously yes Sam's his lad in so the other the other lad was uh, Brad Shaw and um, Josh now then you see you're setting yourself up for a fall here aren't you Josh Butlin <laughs> uh, and they both got on and, and did really well Excellent. really well fitted in could play and that, that's a great uh, accolade from 16 year old lads coming in the Collingham football in production line continues well yeah I mean Wendy, Wendy Shaw's been the coach there where, and, and like Mick rightly said Sam and uh, Brad have been there at the club since they were four year old you know and, and Mick's brought a lot of players through as well so it's not been all down to us but um, yeah they did really well and I was really pleased that he got on and that I had the bottle to play him well so, yeah, you, you've always uh, never shied of bringing any youngsters on and that's totally no. to your credit no not at all um, Wednesday night then Wednesday night yeah cup semi-final you are the holders um, and you play Appleby Frodingham I think it was the first important one is to get that name out of the app first isn't it yes that that's you know it, it, they've got to come from Scunthorpe for a night match it, it puts pressure on them to start you know to start I know the youth tonight matches but the pressure is on them to start with 
Well, we played them uh, away, like I said, we're 2-0 up and then uh, they, they came back and we drew. They came to our place, we were 4-0 up. I think you were there that Yes, day. I was there that day, wondering, thinking, please blow that whistle before Collingham blow this game. And I was. Um, and so I watched them against Newark and they, they had a good side there. So it'll be a, a hard game. Um, hopefully we've got enough in there to do what we want to do and get through to the final again. It'll be nice. Um, you, you know, I, I, I feel we've earned something out of it this season. Um, you know, even if we got to the final, so that's what that's what we've got to try and do on Wednesday night. The other final is um, Pinkston and semi-final Pinkston and Hutton, which are the big boys from the South Division playing there. Oh yeah, whichever way you go about it, you know, we, there's something waiting for you. Yes, most yeah, certainly there is. But as you say. You know, you get to a final, 90 minutes, who knows what happens? It might be monsoon season again. That's right. Um, but it'd be a kind of, So that's um, 7.45 kick-off at Station Road, at Station Road even, the yeah. um, Floodlit Central Midlands Cup semi-final, Collingham against Appleby Frodingham on right. Wednesday night. Um, quick one on the under-18s, you're not going to Sinsel Bank for a final, Mr Williams tells me. No, no. That's disappointing. Oh. Changed their mind and it's always been there. I mean, I won it there with the with the under fifteens or sixteens as they were then. Um, so yeah, it's, Dean's dis- disappointed and the lads are disappointed. But again, it's more if they win the cup, isn't it? That's the main thing. Of course, it is. It doesn't matter if they win that cup. I think that disappointment will soon go. The fact they haven't played at Central Bank. Yeah, yeah, so. sure. Wednesday night first in a cup semi-final Paul the best of luck we're going to try and get out after the show to have a look at it um, hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday night alright mate thank you very much thanks Paul bye bye Paul Hyde there and that's where we hope to go that was going to be my next question fast car on Wednesday night now you know all last week we um, tried to find Ireland's greatest sportsman mm. um, and to prove what a good judge of character I am um, in fourth place uh, was that the judging I saw today did you see it today? Yeah. All oh, right. Uh, you're a bit later. There you go. I wouldn't have expected any. Difference. It was. It was. It was on social media. Of course, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks to all those that took part in it, um, despite Mr. Smith being late. Um, in fourth place, can I just say, I'll get this out in a minute. I totally agree with the public's decision. We haven't got there yet. I've seen it. You don't know what I'm going to announce, though. <laughs> you're gonna, I can't believe you're going to make it up now. <laughs> in fourth place for the fourth time. <laughs> Snooker's Alex Higgins. Mm. In third place, Dame Mary Peters. And I think Tony came out with a wonderful profound comment sometime last week that she, she actually managed to reunite the whole of Ireland and it's probably one of its darkest exactly. times. So, yeah. um, you know, there was definitely an argument for Mary Peters to be mm. uh, right up at the top there. Um, th- our rugby player, Brian O'Driscoll, made the third place and the best footballer i've ever seen live from my football watching days donny haig <laughs> he's the second um <laughs> donny haig is the clone of this player um you see donny and his prime mate you, you look at the two together i don't know what donny's drinking was like but certainly his football was um georgie best won the yeah. the best irish and he goes forward quite right he goes forward now in in our um quest to find the greatest British sportsman which was going to go on and off all year but the greatest Irish ever sportsman according to you lot out there and if you disagree with it well tough because you had a chance to vote mm. um, is George Best and I certainly would not 
disagree on that one coming up next craig roach on a football match mick and tony on everything else <laughs> rob wardman on a rugby match paul hyde on numerous hockey matches and quite a lot of other stuff that went on at paul hyde paul halfpenny even at the, come on listen to me correct me sorry we get at least pretend to listen <laughs> let's do this New Flow says have simply got to keep on winning between now and the end of the season. It's not just about winning the um, East Midlands League Championship. It's about finishing second, and it's about finishing second with a higher points per match ratio than other clubs. There's only nine of 17 are going to get promoted in second. If that's where Flow Serve finish, that's why it's important to win. Um, we're joined now on the telephone by the Flow Serve manager, Mr Craig Roach. Craig, welcome welcome back. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Craig, I want to talk to you about a football match, and I, I'm, I, want, I do not want to talk to you about match officials. Sure. So let's stick to the football <laughs> match, please. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the points I've took from it is um, Elliot King um you you brought yourself a um a new player in up, up front it didn't seem to work either he was short on match fitness or whatever um at half time you changed it brought elliot king on and elliot bless him looked like he was back to the sharpness that he had before the injury i think three weeks in india is doing the world of good he did yeah yeah he's come back in um you know in better shape than what he left him which was quite amazing to be honest because Typically, Kingy over the years, if he has a few weeks out, it takes him six weeks to get his his fitness back. But I think he must have had an active holiday and he's, uh, he's come back in good shape. I, I would suggest that you and Kiki probably stood there peering about that second half performance because it's just actually, at this time when there's injuries and suspensions all around you, that's what you need. Somebody that's fresh, he's had a rest and he's rearing to go and he looks like he's up for it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's that's it exactly. You know, um, you know, we need players we can trust, and players who are hungry, um, and they're you know buying into what we're trying to achieve. And um, Kingy Kingy gave us everything that we that we asked of him on on um, Saturday. You know, it was hard for him coming on at half time. You know, like I say, he's, he has been away three or four weeks, and prior to that, he's not had much uh, his struggle with injury. So let's hope that's a turning point for him now and it can it can really help us out in this final push of the last six games. Well, he's, he certainly gave you one of those um, good choices now, hasn't he? It's uh, brought himself well and truly back into contention. The second person I want to mention um, from Saturday afternoon is Sean Woolley. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, for the main part, OK, he nearly lost it right at the end and he had to be shouted at by Kirky, but for the main part under intense provocation from both on and off the field, he kept his cool and probably had his best game in flow serve colours. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, yeah. Especially the second half. He thought it was fantastic in the second half. Um, give us a few things to think about because he came in as, as a, an extra central midfielder just in that number 10 role in the second half and he was, he, he was far more effective for us. Like I say, on the, in the game, on the whole, he had a lot to deal with and I uh, thought he managed it very well. I, I thought he did. I was a bit concerned right at the end there when he went and stood over the ball and went, go away. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah. to actually last the whole football match um, with what was being thrown at him, um, that if he can learn and take away from that, he's going to be a far, far better player, isn't he? Yeah, 
is, yes. Um, Sean has had his uh, discipline um, questions over, over, the, over the years. But, you know, Cummins is a lad that is a winner. He's a passionate lad. Um, sometimes, you know, you have to learn the hard way. Um, hopefully he's done that now and he seems to be able to rein himself in and keep himself out of trouble. You know, especially on Saturday, I say at that point, we was already down to nine men, so... Uh, undeservedly, I think, for both both red cards. But um, yeah, end of the day, we focus on the lads who was on the pitch, and they got the job done. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm pointedly not asking your opinion on that one. Just we don't know who's listening to this, and I ain't going to drag you into it. Um, <laughs> so that's um, three points. So that is it, it is vastly important, as I said, for those three points. Um, you've got one more home match, and then I think is it five on the bounce away from low fields um, yeah. you know what you've got to do um, yeah. obviously you're going to lose a couple of players from this weekend but you're going to get one back in Jamie Brown so it's swings and roundabouts if, if yeah. you like but you know what you've got to do it's getting out there and working hard to do it yeah it's all about results now uh, just got to grind them out you know the, the, you, try, you try and take the pressure off the lads but they all know what position we're in um, so it does come with expectancy um, which brings pressure with it um, you know but they've got to manage that they've got to deal with it and we've got to get them results simple as that if we want to achieve what we want to achieve and the rest of the season it's there on a plate not going to be easy no one's going to give it to us um, but if we go out and earn it then it's, all, it's there for the taking it's in our hands and finally Craig um, the highest step sticks crowd in England yeah what's fantastic um, I mean, I know I said to Tony the other night that, you know, the, the football supporters at Retford have got to take a bow. Yeah. Uh, 870-odd and 709. But for consistency, week in, week out, and Flo have now sit there after this weekend, the top step six crowd in the country. And, you know, that is fantastic. We always said it would happen. Yeah. But yeah. it actually is happening. People yeah. are flocking to see a Newark side. Yeah, it really is such a... Nice sight to see, like you say, when you see you come up on the um, on the national table, the, the highest attendance in in the country at Step Six. It really is. Um, and it's quite amazing, to be honest, how far the clubs come in such a short period of time, and how, how people are getting behind us. Um, it, <clears throat> it makes a massive difference, you know. We, it works on and off the field, um, and everyone's part of it together. It's, it's very important. And the, the steelwork, the, the steelwork is 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 up for. Stand number two, um, mm-hmm. which makes the steel work at Tottenham look like a sort of a chicken shed. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that was completed today, um, yesterday, actually. Um, all the sheeting has now been installed. Um, and it'll be have its maiden voyage this Saturday for the last home game. It'll be all open with the seats back in. Yeah, and it's going to sunshine and be a gorgeous day. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely typical. Right, Craig, the best of luck on Saturday, the last home game. Come on, let's see if we can get down there and beat that 284 for the last home game of Flow Serves campaign and then get on Mr Smith's banter bus for a tour of the East Midlands counties to um, end the season. But keep them points coming in, mate. Keep them playing football and keep it we'll going well. Thanks, Craig. Thanks very much. Thanks, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, Mr. Smith. Sensible head on time. Um, that stand looks fantastic. You've bitterly complained about young referees out of the depth. And you've told me time and time again you wanted an older man in the middle. Are you rethinking that one? Uh, well, when I was trying to write out the teams uh, in the Jubilee Club before the game, I was getting... Uh, into a conversation with the uh, 
the referee's assessor who was there. I got into one with him, but we won't go into that. Well, I was trying to write my stuff and he was talking at me mainly. And uh, I thought I'd better be sociable. And so um, I said, the problem we've got down here is we get three match officials every Saturday for, for Step 6 football and they give the kid the whistle and the two experienced guys take the flags. And he said, well, don't worry, because this time the guy in the middle is 35. You see, I, I, I disagree with you there, because I, I, I like to see the youngsters being given a chance. If they're good, yeah. Yeah, but they'll only get good by being given a chance. You can't You've got to learn somewhere, and you've got to remember, this ladder, you're only on the second rung of it, mate. So, yeah. the referees are only on the second rung of it as well. You can't expect top-class referee, you can't expect Mike Dean at Lowfields. Answer that one. Um, <laughs> but the point is, um, I've had a couple of days to think about what I saw on Saturday afternoon. Um, <clears throat> I think the occasion possibly got to him a little bit. Um, the opposition seemed hell-bent on time-wasting from minute one. They seemed hell-bent in surrounding the referee with every decision that was made. And at the end of the day, um, I think possibly the occasion um, that surrounded Sean Woolley and Ingalls um, got to the referee and some of the decision making particularly in the second half was ill judged in my opinion well I think if people are going to go purely by uh, my match report then um, it's from uh, a guy who who bleeds uh, orange and therefore it may look biased, but there were two neutral observers of great experience have gone on... Uh, who we won't at, name. ...had the match on Saturday, who we won't name, but they've gone on social media to say uh, that the referee was quite simply not up to scratch. I'll paraphrase. I hope, I hope paraphrase at the end of the day that when, when the referee and the assessor did actually sit down, they didn't self-congratulate themselves and said it was brilliant, because it wasn't, and he did get things wrong. OK, he wasn't the only person out there that got things wrong. A lot of people won't be proud of what they did on Saturday afternoon. But you know, I w the flow save captain got sent off for a tackle that he was 30 yards out. I was told by the assessor he got sent off because both feet was off the ground. Well, both feet was off the ground because he was being dragged backwards. And I was also told there's no such thing. He doesn't get sent off for being last man. He gets sent off for denying a goal-scoring opportunity. He was 30 yards out. And there's players around him. You can bicker about this all day and all night. Um, it's the, the fact is um, I don't think our, our friends the officials and, and for God's sake we need them you haven't got a sport without them we need good ones but let's just hope that the assessor sits them down and said look chaps you two on the line didn't help him at all which they didn't um, and um, you got some of the big calls terribly terribly wrong I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to get into trouble. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. 
And moving swiftly on, or too swiftly for me, <laughs> as it turned out, <laughs> moving swiftly on, we 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 um we turned um, we turned to rugby, and of course that means the one and only Mr. Rob Wardman. Rob, uh, it's getting near the end of the season, but we've still got lots and lots to talk about. Um, good evening. Evening, folks. Evening, Mick. Um, Newark went to Melbourne. Melbourne were crowned champions. We've known for an awful long time that Melbourne are going to be champions, and this was Newark's first match post-Ben Buxton era, and from what I've gleaned from it, um, OK, they lost 41-5, but for at least two-thirds of the match, knew it was in with a fighting chance. It was, it was a tough old trip across to Melbourne. Um, we certainly had good good parts of the game. Um, I wouldn't quite... I think that's quite a... Um, a rosy picture, Mick. It was a tough game. We were on the back foot. Uh, we had a very good spell. It started the second half. We turned around 19-0 down. We got a try back through number eight, Dave Garland, which gave us a little bit of hope to get to get something out of the game. But the last quarter, they uh, they certainly uh, bossed the game, as they say, and scored three more tries to, you know, to, to run out 41-5. Pretty comfortable winners. Yeah, and that's, I think, we probably all expected... Expected that. The main thing is, did you get through the match with no more injuries? Well, we st- no, we didn't. No, within within ten minutes of the game started, we'd, we'd lost one of our locks, Jamie Duncan. He got he looked got a hamstring strain, so no, he he came off, um, and we we juggled th- things around. There were some good performances. Um, the lads certainly stuck at the task. Uh, Max Spore uh, uh, sent out a very good game put in one or two very good tackles, one great powerful bur- burst uh, in, that, in that good period in the second half, certainly uh, he's come back into the team, he, he's missed quite a bit of the season through injury and, and work commitment so it was good to see him back in the first team uh, two young forwards stuck at it, uh, J- James Brogdon and we had um, Will Sage uh, they were sort of uh, shuffled around as, as, the, uh, as, as the game wore on so no, there, there, there were some positive points it, it wasn't it wasn't all um, negative, far from it. Exactly. And uh, that leads us to the fact that in the same set of results from the weekend that Lincoln beat Southall, which means that uh, we have a local derby coming up this weekend where there is just pride to play for, but I should think pride's going to be enough to make it a tasty encounter, Rob. No, I think so. I, th- I think uh, um, Southall have been relegated. Even even my... Uh, <laughs> even your mascot, uh, keep them up. Tonight, I, 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 you know, I know you've been willing them uh, <laughs> into the next league since, since ever since sort of New Year. We've been having this debate, but even my mathematics tonight can't do much for them. So no, they will be playing for pride. But uh, there's plenty of local rivalry in any Newark v Southwell match. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff over at Park Lane, and as my Southwell friends tell me, uh, whenever I see them, they're leading this little joust 3-2. So I think they'll they'll want to. Um, bow into the lower league um, still ahead in, in the league confrontations between you know, Newark and Southall because obviously when Southall came up uh, about three years ago it was the first time we'd played them in the league competition yeah. so it's amazing to when we found that out yeah it's, so that's you know, the leagues were started way back in the uh, late 80s so we've had um, well nearly 30 years of league rugby um, uh, so that 
we've just played Southwell for the last three seasons in uh, in League Rugby, two two games a season, and uh, they do tell me they are leading three two. Yeah, so <laughs> it'd be great to uh, equalise that, that that little um, contest on, on Saturday. It'd be a, uh, it should be a good game. They've always been uh, hard fought games. We won in the mud at Kellam Road um, last spring from I memory. Re- I remember uh, that. Oh yes. So we've had the edge. We've had the edge, but. Um, Certainly, Saturdays will be um, very close to call, and you know, there's plenty of players who, who know each other in, in the two teams as any any local match. Is the captain going to be fit? The captain, Will Britton. That's a good question. Um, I wouldn't like to, wouldn't like to say. <laughs> I think probably odds against. I don't know. Oh dear, that's no, not so good. Don't know. But I, um, I haven't looked on the physio. They usually put on the Facebook site on a Monday night the, the physio list, which is so weird. But I've not seen it yet tonight, so uh, we don't know. A uh, young man by the name of Nathan Flatman will mean absolutely nothing to anybody at all. But picking up on his Twitter feed, yep. he, he has put, just back off a three-day rugby tour with Wymondon Rugby. That's Norwich to you, Tony. Um, to the Newark Rugby Club. A wonderful club to visit and whose rugby values of sportsmanship and respect were perfectly highlighted by the Newark lads carrying on a Wymondon player at the end to shake hands. Hashtag rugby family. That is worth anything apart from a win over Southall. That is worth, that's worth gold, Rob. Oh, no, if anyone's on Twitter tonight, um, if they go onto the uh, Newark rugby... Twitter handler, as, as people say, there's a lovely picture there of, of, of this guy from um, the Norfolk Club, and they've obviously been on a little mini and youth tour to, to the club uh, on Sunday. And there's a picture there of two Newark lads. I think it's two Newark lads helping the uh, the visiting player off, isn't there? There's a great little picture of three lads, and, and the, the guy in the middle's you know been helped off. He must have a twisted ankle or something, or bruised knee and he's been helped off by the, the two new lads it's a great little picture it, it's on it's on the club's um twitter handle and it, it's worth it's worth having a look at it it's, it's, when i last look it, it actually got a few retweets as yes. as, as all social media experts say yeah. you've, <laughs> you've lost tony smith completely well, now he never knew that the nctj would would, would lead me to this would he? <laughs> so, Oh, well, you've lost me both for you two. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, next week's going to be a big week because you've got a local derby to report on. And um, just very quickly, um, I mentioned this to you before, we are looking at um, finding our all-time greatest British sportsman. We're narrowing it down in the country. We managed to miss St David's Day. Um, and I started listing Welsh rugby union players. And, and I got too many, so it's got to be narrowed down. So, to you, we are giving the task of next Monday night telling us the all-time greatish Welsh rugby union player that we can take forward into our into our list. Right. The ones I've got to choose from is um, Sir Gareth Edwards, J.P.R. Williams, Barry John, Jonathan Davis, Cliff Jones, and Cliff Morgan. If you can, you obviously know a lot more than that. But yeah, um, no, a week um, to think about it, Rob, okay. and I've come back it, with the number one next Monday night. Right, well, if anyone's bought the rugby paper over the weekend, um, on sale at All Good News Agents on a Sunday morning, Peter Jackson, who is one of the most, he's now retired from the Daily Mail, but he's a veteran reporter, and 
uh, God bless him, he's still working as a in his retirement in his from his Cardiff uh, snug, and he's in a little feature in the in the, uh, the rugby paper this week to celebrate Wales's uh, Grand Slam of of the previous week. Jacko, as I call him in the trade, he's done his all-time uh, best Welsh team ever. So we'll we'll take that next Monday night as the starting point. Yeah, I shall leave it to you. But um, you have to have our good player to beat Sir Gareth, I would think. Okay, yeah. well the choice will be yours right. um, next Monday night. Okay, so Rob- I've, given, I've given the rugby paper a plug, haven't I? So yeah. There you go. You have. Well, you're doing a good job there. Yeah. Will <laughs> <laughs> um, we see you on well, Saturday? Three o'clock on Saturday, yeah. Will you be there? I will be there, yeah. Excellent. I shall see you on Saturday. Mr Smith is going off footballing, but um, I shall be at the rugby. Right. Rob, thank you so much. OK, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, that leaves hockey, and I wanted to get to hockey a few minutes early because there's oodles to talk about. And um, controversy? You ain't heard nothing yet. The hockey season is certainly going out on a on a high note, um, on, off and around the field and everything else, it's certainly not going out with a whimper. So the man that can tell us all about it is our um, hockey correspondent, coach of the year for numerous occasions and all round good guy because he likes railways, Mr Paul Halfpenny. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> Even though he has got the wrong engines on his layout, but we'll come, we'll come to that one night. We'll, we must sort that one out one day. Um, Paul, there's oodles and lots to talk about um, hockey. I, I purposely sort of took the morning off work because I was desperate to see um, the ladies' twos final match of the season and a chance of of promotion <laughs> into the not senior league. Now we spoke um, last week and we had a long debate about the rights and if there are wrongs um, about selecting ones to play in twos and at the detriment of the and all things like that um it worked last week because you got the point which means you went into the last game of the season needing three points and sarah pask bless her um stood up to the mark again to play back-to-back matches um and lasted less than 10 seconds in the first match now if i was cynical paul I would suggest that the opposition knew who Sarah Pask was and on their first run made sure she didn't go anywhere. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, whoever's in charge of a football match, a hockey match or any other match has a duty of care. And the way that she was cynically absolutely side down not just by one player but by two players um, I- I'm sure England got a penalty for that on, on Friday night um, but this is with a hockey stick and basically hospitalised her um, and, and she was she was tearing through the, the team and I, I think we, we would have scored a lot more goals with her presence on the pitch but, but we were furious and, and what happened they got a 16 yard hit so, um, yes, I, I do believe that, that you heard Sally's half-time team talk. and, and I couldn't uh, possibly repeat it, but I heard it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, she was livid, and so was I, And because obviously I'd lost the first-team player as well, so um, absolutely furious about that, but um, nothing we could do. I mean, you, um, you've not, you know, I mean, after ten seconds, the whole scenario of the match had to be rethought out by you and Sally... You know, I mean, the other point is that Sarah's 
a mother, she goes to work, and I, I, I'll suggest, I haven't seen her since she left to go to hospital, but I would suggest she's not at work today, and I'll suggest she's not being the mother she wants to be today either. I would probably agree with that. She was in a lot of pain. She couldn't wait there. I took her around to the hospital. Um, well, it, it took her still half time to get around there, but... Um, yeah, I took her around to hospital and um, she couldn't wait there at all. Took her in there and left her in the uh, capable hands of the, of the nursing staff. But I'm, uh, not, it, you know, I'm not asking you to make a, a, a comment. It's up to you if you want to make a comment or not because we've already had a, a go about match officials on this show tonight in, 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 in a football match. But, you know, when it's as obvious as it was, surely they must have seen it. Well, in all honesty, it, <laughs> it happened, but, but the attack was continuing. So I, I think, basically, they, they waved play on. I don't think they realised that it was as serious as what it was. It wasn't a head injury. Um, she'd gone down very, very heavily, so they allowed play to go on. Now, most umpires or umpires at a higher level would have taken note on who did that who actually scythed her down, and they would have come back to that, and they would have dished out a, a you know, a, a, a coloured card. But it, it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I, th I think, you know, it was, um, it was... I think they were more concerned with what she'd done, and, you know, can we get her off the pitch? And, and But, but you know, to actually get nothing out of it was, was frustrating as well. Um, not, not to mention, you know, losing... Losing Sarah, really. Probably, I would have thought for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm not. Uh, it's on my to-do list to contact her tonight because I know she was going back to the hospital today. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Oh, there, I would be amazed if Sarah Pass played hockey again before next season, next yeah. winter season. I would absolutely be amazed. And, and that, of course, seemed to just knock everybody off level for a little bit. And it was two one at half time and now and now we go to the most important fourth goal possibly in the history of Newark Hockey Club <laughs> explain um, why yes yes we we had to put as many past players as we possibly could um because players were below our Newark third team on goal difference and we started the day with the third team um having a plus seven goal difference advantage so every goal that went in was a bonus knowing that there's every possibility that the university who are runaway winners of that league would put double figures in against us so it, it was it was sort of um, as fergie puts it squeaky bum time until tim actually phoned me up to tell me what had happened and would you believe just changing the game a minute they um they conceded eight goals with 10 minutes to go and they needed to score um 10 i think it was double figures to actually sink the third team and they managed to survive <laughs> oh dear what a day there's your most important fourth goal and there's an, a lesson for every, every team you keep going until the end because you at three one you'd got promotion do. the game was over but no, that fourth goal, and at the end of the day, that's the one that made all the difference. 
Absolutely. And and a new fashion for coaches. What do you think for that? Well, I, I mean, again, go and look on our social media pages. I put, I put quite a few photos. It was my match of the weekend. I put quite a few photos up on Saturday morning. Apparently, the story goes that, um, according to uh, the coach of the Newark Lady Seconds, which is your great friend, Mr Smith, Sal, uh, Sally Halfpenny, um, told the, the girls um, the previous week that if they got a point out of Nottingham University she would coach them in their pyjamas next week. So when I arrived there, I was met with Sally looking like a good impression of Rupert. But she was <laughs> sort of in a pyjama bottom. And I'm like, why have I got a coat on and you're walking around in your pyjamas? But bless her, she took it in good heart. She even took the photo that somebody took over and plastered all over social media in good heart. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was a happy day. It was a rewarding day. It was a happy day. The champagne come out and everybody was happy and... The, so you've now got a team in Midlands, you've got a team in the Knotts Senior League, and you've got a team in the Knotts Division 1, and that's, I think, what you wanted at the start of the season, wasn't it? If I could just correct you there, it's the Nottinghamshire Premier Division and the Nottinghamshire Championship. So we always get it wrong, don't we? are <laughs> <laughs> talking football again. I know I am, yes. It all sort of reverts back to football. Um, then the ladies' ones um, went into action. They, they lost 4-2 against Repton, but, you know... On paper, Paul, that's not a bad result. That's not the story. The ah. story goes deeper than that. <laughs> um, basically, we held them at nil-nil most of the first half. Um, I remember texting Tim, because um, we'd had a problem, and, and uh, I, I texted him. And I said, oh, it's still nil-nil here. <laughs> and then as soon as I sent the text, they put two goals in, would you believe it? And... Then they added a third before half-time. So, 3-0. The girls were battling really, really well. They were under the cosh. But we had a chat at half-time, and I said, look, guys, you know, their forward line is exceptional. They're really good. You know, they, they've not scored 108 goals this season for no reason whatsoever. But their back line is susceptible, and my little hero I used to coach, Izzy Evans, isn't in goal. It's a different goalkeeper. We can actually pinch a goal here. Let's go for it. And, you know, we brought it back to 3-2. It was 3-2 with about five minutes to go. We actually tore through them. Rosie, again, on that right wing, absolutely tore past them. And twice in quick succession, we had one-on-ones with the keeper. Ball came across, quick-fire shot. The keeper got to it twice. We could have <laughs> gone into that last minute or so, 4-3 up. Um so 3-2 and then they went down the other end got a penalty corner the final whistle went so after time finished they actually put that away a bit disappointed in the scoreline but you know what what a performance from Newark <laughs> this, this team have really really improved since Christmas just like the men's first team great that- we, we, we won that second half 2-1 against the lead leaders who've scored 108 goals brilliant performance and we're going to the men's next, because if you look at team of not 2019, the men are going to be sort of right up in the top two of, of that division, as it is there. They're six on the back of a bad run for the latter half of 2018. They beat Mansfield by four goals to one, because that seems to be the scoreline of the weekend. Uh, but again, um, I understand there's more to that than the scoreline. <laughs> in 41 years of playing adult hockey, I've never, ever witnessed this. Um <laughs> Obviously, Mansfield's my old club. Um, a lot of friends still there. And, and 
it's always, I, I know what's coming when you play Mansfield. They're quite aggressive, verbally as well. Um, so it, it, it was, it was a, a really good game to be there and watch. It was highly entertaining hockey. Um, and Newark were really, really good for their 4 1 win. Um, Mansfield just never got close to them. Um, and like you say, you know, if, if, if they hadn't have had such a good, uh, such a bad, sorry, uh, start to the season, they could be up there pushing for the promotion. And my, I think they will be next, next year. Uh, that, they're my thoughts. But towards the end of the game, the official, um, Newark's official, lovely, lovely guy, decent umpire. He takes a lot of flack. <laughs> but um, he'd had enough. The fourth goal went in. Both goalkeeper and left-back were in his ear. Um, real potty mouths. And he turned around, produced a card, and told him to go both of them. <laughs> only, only sent one off. But, he <laughs> well, you can imagine Mansfield were livid, being spoken to like an, by, by an official like that. And... Um, I think, you know, it's, <laughs> my opinion is he's only human. And he, he had to take you know, it to so the game. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but I've never witnessed anything like that before. And of course, it's all kicked off, didn't it? So, yes, en- entertaining. So I take it the result in itself is going to stand, is it? I mean, did we get to the end of the game or...? Oh, gosh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, it's all finished, yeah. Yeah, and um, a, a telephone call between the coach of... Uh, Mansfield and, and our own Glyn, um, he says, oh, we're not going to pursue it any further, which is a good job, really, because I think with an umpire's report uh, and the amount of swearing that was going on, it, it, with Mansfield's history, I don't think it would have gone favourably with them. So um, <laughs> I, think the, I, think, I think the best outcome occurred, to be honest. Let's, let's end on a, a, a lovely note, and you're under 12s. Oh, they are, they're lovely. Um, yeah, we went into a tournament at uh, Newark. In fact, over 50 children were representing um, Newark on Sunday. I forget what Anne called it. She referred to it as something like, you know, Hell, Hellfire Sunday or something. And, um, you know, imagine the coaches that have to go go out with all these these kids. They were all over the place. I mean, Sally was at Linden with goodness knows how many under eights. We were at Newark. We got... Uh, my other two assistant coaches out somewhere else with Badgers teams. It, it was it was crazy, but um, yeah, we had this tournament um, at Newark with the under 14s and they were amazing. They they always start poorly, so we, we thought we'd play our boys first, wake them up. Nil nil draw with our boys. Um, went on to play Nottingham players and absolutely annihilated them. Boots annihilated them sadly lost the last game and I, I keep saying that these girls are lovely I saw a different side to them when they lost they, they, they got into a winning mentality which is really really good and I, th- I think to actually lose that game did them a world of good because they were angry they were really really angry and, and, and I'm like I was quite shocked I thought ooh I can see the hunger here we could do quite well at the Midlands in, in, in a few weeks time with, with this kind of attitude <laughs> Good girls. Paul, um, an amazing weekend of hockey, and well done, well done to the twos, because, you know, they are the, the flagship team of the club this year. They've um, they've got themselves promotion, and that's absolutely wonderful, and totally, 100% vindicates the decision made by Sally to, um, and you, to um, move the teams around a little bit, because uh, that's what it is. At the end of the day, 
You play for a club, you don't play for a team. That's correct. Simple yeah. as that. Paul, we'll talk to you again probably for the last time for a few weeks, which will be awful, but uh, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about in the summer. Um, Trains. Yes, good idea. <laughs> the, and the railway s- sports show. I've been on about that, that one for a long time. Is better than diesel. That'd be a good one. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. To, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> more controversy. More controversy. <laughs> okay, Paul. Thank you so much. We'll catch up with you again very soon. You're welcome. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. So the one thing that we've learnt tonight, Mr. <laughs> in the last hour... Yeah, match officials are rubbish. There is passion <laughs> in even sported, local, grassroots, whatever you like to call it, there is a tremendous amount of passion. We need match officials, but as Paul's just told us, even they break sometimes. Uh. But the point is, as long as everybody tries the best... And at the end of the game, everybody has a jar afterwards. Maybe, maybe it's not too bad. It's been a funny old weekend, and a lot's gone under the bridge that probably shouldn't have gone under the bridge, and a lot of bad decisions have been made that really shouldn't have been made. So it's been a cracking weekend for our sports people. It's not possibly been the best weekend for our match officials, but I'm sure they'll have a good weekend sooner or later. Yeah, one of these days, yeah, it'd be nice. But um, no, it's, it's just when we talk football with Paul Hyde and Craig Roach, then I'm amongst my own. But I always enjoy Rob because he talks like Bill McLaren and I just I just love both Bill and Rob equally. But Paul Halfpenny is stealing the show on a Monday night, you know, because he, he comes out with some gems, doesn't he? I mean, I just... Um, I just put my feet up on the chair and sat back and listened. He's absolutely outstanding because when he tells you what's happened a couple of days earlier, the way he tells it, you feel you were there. Yeah. And I know nothing, as everybody knows, who's read the stuff. Nothing at all about rugby union. I know even less about hockey. It's an education the last half hour on a Monday. It's brilliant. I listened to Sally Halfpenny's half-time team talk <laughs> ladies twos and i tell you what if you tell me that steve kirkham can peel the paint <laughs> off a dressing room and paul hyde can peel the paint off a dressing room both of them pale into total insignificance <laughs> for the paint that was peeling on most of the autumn for the state during that five minute half-time mm. interval but i tell you what they come out in the second half and there's only one team in it and this Fantastic. is, uh, that, that, that doesn't bode well that this is the woman that's got a contract out on me. Yes, she has. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <mate. laughs>